Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Upfront on Football Ramble Presents. I'm Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I'm Chloe Morgan. And I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. Today's show is our last one of the year. It's got real like end of term Christmas vibes when your teacher just plays DVDs for the last week of school and you don't do any work. Um, so we essentially have like taken over the studio. We've taken over the production team and we decided that for the end of term, we were going to do a special episode nicknamed The Big Gay Podcast by Chloe Morgan. Hello. <laughs> Trademark, TM. Um, and it's very exciting because I think it's quite rare to be given the opportunity to basically say, this is what we're going to do. We're gonna, this is what we're going to talk about. And I think it's something that uh, in our own personal experiences, we all feel really excited and, and happy about being able to share. We're going to cover a few different things. We're going to talk about sexuality. We're going to talk about the women's game and the brilliant safe space that's been created. We're going to talk about the amazing couples within it. We're going to be talking about visibility, fans, anything else I've missed, Rachel? I don't think so. I, our personal experiences, you probably touched on that already. But yeah, there's lots to be lots to be covering. Also, like what more can be done by clubs and stuff, I think is another thing we'll touch on. Yeah, we're in a, we're in a very good place, I think, in women's football at the moment. And I think with Rainbow Laces that's been going on recently, sort of start of December, I think that really got us all thinking about how we want to sort of shout from the rooftops about 
why women's football is such a, an amazing space to be involved in. And I also think what we want to do is say it's not just about rainbow laces. And I think that's why the BGP, um, which is our little acronym for it, uh, is really important because these sorts of conversations will go beyond just one day where you wear a rainbow armband and, and chuck some laces on. They're conversations that have actually happened in women's football quite recently. And you know, we talk about how brilliant the women's game is at creating this safe space, but it hasn't always been like that. Yeah, and actually when you think about where this came from, where this idea came from, it came a good few weeks before the Rainbow Laces activity started. It, you know, we, we were having a chat in our WhatsApp group about it um, last month, I think it was. I think it was off the back of a Magdalena Eriksson and Pernilla Harder interview the pictures from that interview were leaked. And yes, like, the Face oh, magazine shoot. Oh women's my football God, Twitter went into that. meltdown because we were just like, how amazing is it to have these this couple kind of just so open and happy and themselves. It was and, like uh, a wedding shoot, wasn't oh, it? Oh, so images. nice. Yeah, so, yeah. That, that was one of the sparks. Now you're reminding me now. That was, that was a moment. So we're going to tap into some of that shortly. But first, I had uh, the pleasure of sitting down with Arsenal's Katie McCabe Aston Villa's Rusha Littlejohn, um, one of the most iconic couples in women's football. Um, and I got to a chance to sit down with them and talk about their relationship, how they met, being who they are, and uh, the impact that has on other people. Katie, Rusha, thanks so much for chatting to me. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting one for you guys because you're playing in the same league, um, but in different teams. And I guess... The first question I want to ask is, what's it like when you play each other? She's never fit when we play each other. <laughs> I'm never fit. I'm, I'm normally on the losing team, so it's not always fun. But well, no, most I'm... recently, it was obviously the Aston Villa game, which obviously you wrote for the yeah, yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think before that, it was when you were playing for West Ham, you'd come on. Oh, yeah. This is a good one. Um, where I was at West Ham, I was on the bench. And when I'm sitting on the bench, obviously, I'm just drinking water and whatever I'm drinking, just keep it nice and hydrated. And anyway, I pee like a horse, so I'm in and out, going to the toilet. And it got to halftime, so I was in at halftime, and it was Matt Beard at the time, and he was, like, furious, like, shouting, ranting and raving, and I was like, why is he so angry? I'm like, it's nothing each at halftime, we're doing all right. And then it, that, after the game or something, was it one of the girls said to me, they're like, what about Katie's goal? And I was like, what? Like, Katie's goal? She took it well. I was like... I didn't see it. I was like, when did you take it? She obviously didn't see it. It was the first time. The toilet. Yeah. I clearly remember it. It went top in um, from a corner. Uh, and yeah, you just completely missed it. Didn't, yeah. didn't see it. Didn't happen. So that's it. More often than not, I think we're, we rather play on the same team. Obviously, with Ireland. Um, I think that's easier for both of us. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, sharing the pitch that way. But no, we haven't actually... It's not been too bad when we've been up against each other. Rusha, how many goals of Katie's have you missed because you've needed the toilet? Wait, probably a fair few. Probably a fair few. You didn't miss that chip by Aston Villa, did you? No, I didn't miss that chip. No, I didn't miss the chip by Aston Villa. (laughs) (laughs) She'll remember that one. And is it ever stressful, obviously, when you're in moments when you're playing on the same team and someone has a bad game? Like, how how do you manage those moments? Um, I think we're quite honest in a sense that um, obviously when we're at, we are on the training pitch or at the stadium preparing for a game, we're obviously very much professional and I think we can be honest in the sense that if one of us did have a, a terrible game, Rusha has no problem saying that. Um, I'll probably go a bit easier, but I like uh, to keep her humble, keep her grounded. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, no, it's it's good. I think it's um, I think we have a, a, a good balance in terms of our, our work, um, in terms of our football, and then obviously our life away from football as well. I think I think it's important to to hold a good balance in that sense. And for you guys, I mean, when you when you first got together, how did you feel about you both being in the public eye, playing international football? Did you ever feel like you probably wanted to keep this personal side of your life personal and, and not make it known to everyone that you were together? Um, I don't think so. It wasn't something that we actually thought about or discussed in terms of, okay, let's not not tell anyone um, or, yeah, not kind of show who we are, if that makes sense. We've always been quite open and honest people, um, even before we met each other. And, um, yeah, like, obviously, the women's game back six years ago, um, it wasn't as big as it is now. Our profiles weren't as as big. Um, so there was a bit more, yeah, I guess you could kind of relax a bit more in that sense. But, um, no, it was never a discussion where we were going to hide it. Um, as I said, we were open and honest from, from the start, and I think that was an important thing um, to maintain throughout our relationship. Um, now, now the game has a massive profile as well. Like, have you have you had fans reach out to you to talk about the impact of of you guys and and the the way that you are such a visible couple within the game? To be honest, only done something for Aviva Ireland. When was that? A couple of years back, three, four. Years. Yeah, about three, four years ago, we we done something for them, just about coming out and just like showing visibility. And after that, I think we had a, well, I had a couple of messages. Obviously, you don't see everything if you're not following everyone. Like you don't always go through all your mail, but when you do, you might see it. And there's been a few messages, so we've probably replied to a couple of people. But apart from that, like it's not I've not had loads. You've probably had a lot more than me. Yeah, like mm. I think that the platform of even gave us at the time to to kind of come out and and paint our national stadium back in Ireland, like obviously the rainbow colours and um yeah as Risha said to, to show the visibility and the inclusivity for for everyone really um was was so important and for us to use our platforms to send that message to not just Ireland I think it reached a lot um a lot of more of a broader audience than that as well. So after that there was not like I can't I can't say I got any negative comments from that. Um it was all positive. It was all people um sharing their stories of how they came out or how they're maybe still kind of struggling to come to terms with who they are um, and just kind of asking for advice on that on, on that front. So I think it was important for us. It was about helping people and maybe giving people the courage to be able to come out. Um, and I, yeah, I hope we obviously, we've done that at that time. Is it weird for you guys as well? Because obviously most people just go into the sport wanting to play football and you get like a new level to it when you feel like you are a much more of a role model for so many people. Is that quite sort of scary sometimes? Do you feel like there's a pressure? Um, I think for me, it's more so just, um, for me, it's like realising I need to behave and what the pressure is. It's certain things, that's that's my problem, but um, that's the only pressure for me. But no, not, not really. It's... You don't really think about it, I don't think, do you? No, just, uh, I think, um, yeah, I think obviously, like given the platform we have and the the young people that look up to us, um, especially as the game grows and the game gets bigger, you have a responsibility. Um, but it's important to not lose who you are within that responsibility as well. Like you're there playing um, for 
Aston Villa or Arsenal in Ireland for a reason. Um, so yeah, it's, it's important to obviously have that maybe, yeah, that responsible side, um, but not lose who you are in the process mm. either. And I've got to ask you guys as a as a couple, I mean, I know you live in this kind of chaotic house with Shaban, uh, obviously the, the twins. It's kind of a sitcom really, is how I imagine you guys all live is like a little bit of a TV show, like some kind of equivalent to the Kardashians in, in some in some kind of way maybe. Um, but what is it like living, living with each other, playing the same game, living in this house with, with the rest of your family as well? I think we're quite lucky is in where we're living right now, it's like it's a good size. So we do have space, you know, we've got our own sitting room where we can go and chill together and Shaban, our husband and the kids have their own area. So that's good. My, my only only trouble is Shaban's not as clean as me and neither are our kids. So all I do is clean up after them all day. But apart from that, it's it's quite good. It's nice. It's nice to see the kids every day too. And obviously, well, we, we can be out a lot. I'm away, obviously, to Birmingham during the day. She's away to London Colony and stuff. So we are out the house. It's not as though you're on top of each other all the time. So, and obviously Shaban and uh, Jamie, they're working too. So um, we've got a nice balance. Um, yeah, kind of obviously yeah. it came into play at COVID, um, which, um, yeah, so we moved in together kind of right at the start of COVID because, he, yeah, he knew what was going to happen. Um, so I'd say if you had to put cameras in at the start of COVID till now, you would have got a, a right reaction. Um, but no, it's, it's it's great. Like, I we both come from, from big families and kids and having the kids there, even if you come in after a terrible result to to kind of, yeah, to cheer you up and, yeah, kind of take your mind away from it is, is really nice. Um, and obviously it's not forever, so we're enjoying it as as much as we can for now. And, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely miss them, miss them whenever we uh, move out eventually. And I got asked, you know the the cliche questions of like who's the who's the messiest in in this relationship. <laughs> oh, it's not bloody me, I'll tell you that. But this thing out like I, I've like my my clothes, so I'd come in and just kind of look, put, throw my clothes down. Um, and she, yeah, you hate that, don't you? Yeah, and then they she'll start letting them pay them up. They'll pay up. And pay them up, but then I have to hang them up and put them away because she does it better than me. No, so if I don't hang them up properly away, I'll get told off for yeah. that as well. So I'm quite particular. So if she wants to be with me, she has to, you know, play by my rules of being tidy. So, Rusha, you saying you say you wear the trousers probably in the, in this relationship? Is that what you're no, saying? No, she doesn't. She's actually a lot more needy than me. I don't think people would believe that, <laughs> but like, yeah, I have to. You're quite you're quite tough work at times, but. I think I'm quite easy going, to be honest, Flo. <laughs> and uh, when it comes to kind of like you know organising dates and and hangouts, who who's the most who's the most organised when it comes to that kind of? I'll give Katie that one. She's alright at that one, yeah. but it's normally because she's probably apologising for something, so she's probably sweet me up. That's about. It. I don't know yeah. where you're going with this. <laughs> no, she she you'd never book a date with me. I don't know. It's just I, I'd like to just I like making sure we've got that one or two um nights a week or whether that's in the day or on our day off to just kind of do something and switch off because as I said it's important to come away from football every now and again. And also, I mean, is there any is there is there any kind of cute romantic way in which either of you wooed each other or was it literally the most boring basic thing or do you have some kind of cute story to I share? Think it was my chat. That <laughs> You know what? We didn't actually chat. We never spoke. We used when, to. Yeah. So we used to go to camp. Um, 
like obviously one of the would have been my first few camps and stuff, but I'd always I'd always had fancy or shit or whatever, and we never spoke, like never spoke, which was so weird. And we'd always kind of just speak on the the last day of camp, and then obviously we'd be leaving for another four weeks, you know, and then we'd see each other at the next camp again, not speak to each other for nine days, and then have a conversation on the last day of camp, and then go again. So that was a common yeah. theme. I don't know if you've heard the saying of treat them mean, keep them keen. That was my motto at the time. <laughs> paid off but that was uh yeah that was that was it um and then you got brave a lot of she got brave and it was a lot of um, yeah some lights out as well involved and stuff like that but we won't go into that too much (laughs) that always helps that always helps a bit of dutch courage you know sometimes you need that (laughs) well guys thank you so much for your time really appreciate it it was great chatting to you um thank you so much I'll, i'll see you soon Thank you. Thanks for having us, love. Cheers. Going in, concentrating on ourselves. We wanted to put on a really, really good performance for everyone, not just here, but in Ireland at home um, as well. Look, it's been a tough year for everyone. A big, <laughs> a big. Um... Rusha, you're very welcome to come in and present <laughs> her with her award. Who's packing these man of the matches? Is it Kate's mum? <laughs> <laughs> Very, very nice to hear from Kate and Rusha there. Um, It's so funny to just witness and sit with people who just don't give a fuck. (laughs) How Um, refreshing. (laughs) uh, And I think... I think it's it's really hard, especially for Katie, who's got a really big profile now. You know, Rusha's is coming towards the end of her playing career. I think it's a little bit different. Oh, she won't appreciate that. I think she she admits that herself. She I doesn't think. like other people saying it though. Sure. Um, <laughs> and I think if you if you are one of those players of a slightly different generation, a little bit older, like her, it would have been different if she was Katie's age and coming into this now. But Katie's like in the prime of her career, playing with Arsenal, having a brilliant season. Like her profile is big, but to still sit there and just not give a shit is so refreshing yeah they're so unapologetically themselves which I really enjoy and I think a lot of people enjoy and we need more of but I also think we're very lucky in the women's game that we do have a lot of players who are unapologetically themselves Um, and that maybe comes with the fact that the game is growing you know a lot of players in the men's game are very much media managed we know that like there's a lot of intrusion into their private lives Um, so yeah to see those two especially be so relaxed and comfortable and open and they absolutely troll each other on social media like they're just the most fun to kind of to follow and so yeah it's really really nice to see and it does actually it probably impacts a lot more people than they realize yeah they were very they were very sort of humble and sort of self-deprecating about the impact because I think at least Evans was the same I mean a lot of players don't really realise how much of an impact they have on people's lives. And they did talk about, you know, one particular bit of PR that they did in Ireland that actually got a lot of pick up and it got a lot of DMs. But apart from that, I guess because they don't have people actually sort of like sliding their DMs and being like, you changed my life. You would never know. But just them simply existing on this level does have a massive impact. But I think that's the normality of the women's game. I think you, 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 as a player, I suppose, you just get sucked into, this is just a normal relationship this is normal life I'm not doing anything extraordinary here I'm just talking about my partner which would be the same for, for any straight couple so I think obviously it's, it's it's maybe quite difficult for players to appreciate the impact because to them they're just living their day-to-day lives um, but I agree it's been so phenomenal I think to see so much coverage now 
of these amazing WSL um, players stepping out and being so, you know, proud, just just awesomely out and proud. Um, yeah, that's just something that we've not seen a lot of attention and focus being given in in uh, in years previously. And I don't think that's for want of there being players that have not wanted to step into the limelight. I think it's just that now they're starting to get more coverage and it's starting to be picked up. And maybe there's some commercial value as well in you know these couples starting to appear now, but. I think it's phenomenal because the impact that it's having on you know the younger generation, girls coming up in the game who might be from that community, who might not know or whatever it is, um, is uh, is huge and it can't be underestimated. And I think what's also so perfect about who they are is that it's like them being gay and their sexuality is not a thing. Like they just exist as a couple and it's brilliant and we all love them and they're funny. They have this hilarious banter with each other and they don't go around being like, we're gay. Like it's not a thing. They don't yeah. make a big deal of it. And I think that's what's so brilliant. And we have so many other couples in a similar position where it's just like you're existing and you're being yourself and we don't need to make a big deal of it. I think it's a lot to do with the profile of the women's game and, you know, they've just been themselves always kind of it's never been a I'm now going to make this statement and and kind of come out in the public eye they've just been them and then as the profile of the game has grown their profile has grown and they've just continued to be themselves and um, it's it's interesting you said there about commercial opportunities I think it was was it Magda and Pernilla who both signed for Polar or something like talk about getting a power couple and getting like nailed that opportunity and um, we'll probably see more of that and I think you're right like we're celebrating. It's a unique thing, right? You, you know, because people are comfortable being open, we can talk about like players having to play against each other. You know, that probably doesn't, conversation probably doesn't happen a lot in sport. And that's a really interesting dynamic when you've got one person on one team, one person on another team. What happens? You're living together. What's it like when on match day or, you know, when you're on the pitch against each other? And that, that just gives you another kind of level of insight into the women's game because we talk a lot about how open and accessible it is. And that's just another layer that we can kind of get from the game that you wouldn't maybe see other anywhere else. Yeah, and I think we always talk about that accessibility as being relatable. But I think when it comes to love and relationships, there is nothing more relatable than that because it's what we all strive for, that joy, that happiness. And so for these players to share that with us, it's just like it heightens that relatability. I mean, Sam Kerr and, and Christy Mewis being like the ultimate, like their essential sort of like romantic holiday that they had after the Olympics and they're almost having now in London is like, you know, my friend Jesse put it perfectly. If you've just banked yourself a hot, a hot bird, obviously you're going to want to show her off all over social media. And like, that's essentially what they're doing. And I think that's what's brilliant. It's like, they are doing what we all want to do. Like when you're happy and you're in love, you want to like shout out from the rooftops. You want to Tom Cruise it on Oprah's sofa. And I think that's what's brilliant about what some of these players are doing. It's like, they are, they're doing exactly what we want to do. And they are, they don't like, you know, they're not afraid to shout from the rooftops and say, like, I am queer and I'm loving life and it's joyful. And I think that's is massively what I talked about in, in my recent piece. And I think it's really important because although their visibility is massive to highlight, you know, and help other people that may be struggling, the narrative doesn't always need to be negative. It doesn't always need to be a, a narrative of a struggle. Like what's so brilliant about being able to chat to Katie and Rusha and see Sam and Christy and, and Pernilla and Magda is like, you're just seeing people be happy and there is nothing more relatable than happiness. And I think there's also sort of, you know, obviously 
you know, what you were saying about, you know, these couples being very openly out and proud. And obviously that's amazing because they've now become role models and that's fantastic. But I think there's also the side of, you know, the more private couples, the couples that we don't know about, but the couples that exist within teams and within, you know, within the actual teams themselves or within sort of the leagues and things. And, you know, as a player and sort of being in a couple of teams myself, I mean, you find that the vast majority of the team or the teams that I've played with, you know, the vast majority of the players are from the LGBTQ plus community. And whilst they not might not be openly out or they might not share pictures of you know them going out and about with their partners or you know showing pictures of their kids and their partners and whatever it is I think the the atmosphere that you get within the dressing room is very much one of you know you can come out someone could walk in you know first day uh, first day on the training squad you can go actually you know I'm gonna go and see my girlfriend at the weekend everyone's like no one cares. Yeah. Anything else? Like, anything cool. Else you've add? got a girlfriend. Cool story, bro. Right, Don't rub sweet. it in. Anything, yeah. yeah, exactly. Anything else? Um, what are you having for dinner? So it's just like it's become so commonplace now and so accepting within you know the dressing rooms themselves and now obviously out in sort of the more public sphere that I just think it's such an interesting facet of, of the game. Um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful just to be able to sort of be that free at work. Yeah, and I think that's probably something we, we take for granted is everything that goes on behind the scenes in, in the example you gave. is like we think about the public-facing people, the people like Kate and Rusha who don't give a shit and are, you know, gate-crashing each other's interviews in a hilarious way on Irish television going viral with it. Just like so iconic. But then everything else that, you know, their behaviour makes everyone else feel at ease in the background because regardless of your sexuality, not everyone wants to share their whole entire life on social media. And you don't need to, even if you are in the public eye. But I thought I think what's great is that we're giving people the ability to make those decisions. And if they do want to shout from the rooftops, they can. If, and if they don't, they don't. But there's almost like we're not talking about it in a, in, a, in a way that we're making a big deal about it. Yeah, I thought what you said earlier about it being relatable was really good. Because like, you know, as fans of women's football, we all look at women's football and be like, oh, I wish I could be a professional footballer. Like, that's never going to happen. But you could be someone who's looking at a really like positive, beautiful relationship, who are having a really nice time, who are open and proud and happy. And that actually is much more attainable. Yeah. And you can look at that and say, <laughs> exactly. Do you know what? Like, I, I might get that. I might get that. And yeah. like, I might actually, for someone, you know, you don't only have to be struggling to come out if you're out and maybe not even comfortable in your own skin. I can definitely relate to that. You could look at that and say, that could be me one day. I could be that happy with someone and that comfortable. And I could be happy to share that on my social media platform. So there's so much more to, to what it does for people than maybe we actually realise. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're not fucking historians is the show all about Irish history where Shane Todd and Hazel Hayes bring you a few facts and plenty of crack. This month saw their most important episode yet, the history of Ireland's favourite multi beverage. That's where he's got the brewery, St. James's Gate. He took out a 9,000 year lease. In the year 10,000, that's going to be a sad day for Guinness when they're booted out. <laughs> 10,759 AD. Heineken just come in and finally we've got it. <laughs> On Tuesday, they're reflecting on their own festive traditions and a few things you might not know about the Emerald Isle's Christmas connections. There is apparently mounting evidence that St Nicholas of Myra, who inspired the legend of Santa, is buried in County Kilkenny. It's actually on private land, so they don't allow visitors. Don't, I don't think it's a great one to sell the kids. Can we go to Disneyland? <laughs> no, come on, I'll take you to where Santa's buried. <laughs> So come on in and get involved. Search We're Not Historians. That's We're Not Historians wherever you get your podcasts. We're Not Fucking Historians is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. In my own personal experience, like certainly working in both the men's and women's game, like when I go to those separate environments and those separate stadiums, like I, I, I know that I behave in different ways. I know that there's a comfort being in a women's football space that I feel a little bit more on edge in, in a, in a, in a men's football space. And like in my own personal life recently, like I certainly noticed that when I go with someone that I'm dating to a women's game and I would feel so comfortable and feel like, you know, people aren't looking at me or, or watching me, but then that same experience in a men's game, which, you know, I've had recently, it's not like I received homophobic abuse, but like, you know, I could sense people were like looking at me and like watching me and you can't kind of put a price on acceptance. Like you genuinely can't. And I think that's what's really great about the women's game is there is just an ease. There is a, there is like, I feel like with, the, with even my network with the people in the game that I work with, or even the friends that I've made from working women's football, like there is such um, a culture of like freedom and acceptance. And it makes me feel so at ease with myself. And I don't actually think, I would have been without that. Like, totally know that I wouldn't have been without that. And when I talk to other people who don't work in women's football, and actually I count myself quite lucky that I do with who I am, that I have that almost like, not luxury, because that makes it sound like no one can have it. But do you know what I mean? Like, it's like we are so lucky to have it because it's it's helped us. And I think that's when I talk to other people who may be in a similar situation to me. Like, they they find it more complicated, find it, more difficult, find it more confusing because they don't have this safe space where they know that at the end of the day, people are going to like laugh and be joyful and accept them for who they are regardless because that's the space we're in. I think, um, I mean, growing up for me, football was definitely a space that I felt so safe and I think it's probably helped me, because this sounds cheesy as hell, become the person bring the that cheese, I am bring today. Bring the cheese, man. Love that. That's cute. <laughs> but like in terms of, you know, when I was growing up, I think I, I knew fairly early on that, that I was gay. Um, but in terms of kind of the, the spheres that I felt comfortable displaying that, um, you know, it was football. It was football. You know, I used to play football at grassroots level and then obviously being with Spurs and then and now with Palace. And, you know, throughout all those different teams, all those different communities, all those different leagues and levels, 
I've always found, you know, a home with those teams and with women who uh, are, are, you know, are from the same community. And I think that's been absolutely massive for me. So I think obviously, you know, growing up, you might not live in a community where there are a lot of gay people there. You might not be in a in a family or in a friendship group that is accepting of that situation. I think living in London, sometimes you can become, um, you know, almost a little bit complacent that, you know, we do have, we do live in quite a generally liberal city. Bar, yeah, much know. more diverse than a lot of people get to experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, you know, even from sort of maybe the more regional spheres where you don't have that kind of level of acceptance necessarily. So, and I think, yeah, for me, when I went to university, I was playing um, football for my university team. And that's when I really found myself coming out of my shell and actually being around people that, you know, felt the same way that I did. And it wasn't odd or unusual. And I wasn't sort of the only one who, you know, felt this unusual way. Um, and the, yeah, and then and then obviously going on to you know onto Spurs and you know the majority of the vast majority of the, of the team were gay. And if anything, that you know the, the the straight people on the team were very much a minority, which is just a very unusual situation. Um, but yeah, and I yeah personally, I've got a lot to thank the the women's football community, and I don't just mean even just the players because you know the fans around the women's game are so inclusive and. I think they do so much stuff across the women and the men's game. Some of the the LGBTQ plus support groups and the and the and the communities. So, um, yeah, thanks football. Oh, well, I'd probably say something really similar. Like, represent. You don't realize how important representation is until you kind of benefit from it. Because um, for me, growing up in Dublin, I grew up in a small like town outside the kind of city centre. Um, so there wasn't a lot of God. Were there any gay? Girls, I don't think so growing up that I can think of. So for me, I came out quite late. Um, and even when I was in a relationship, in the current relationship that I'm in, I would still say things like my other half, my partner. I wouldn't kind of say my girlfriend. Um, you know, I was much more reserved about my sexuality because you were made to feel like it wasn't the norm and you weren't kind of seeing yourself in a lot of places. Now, that has changed a lot in the media, on TV. You're getting a lot more representation. But for me, it wasn't until I was immersed in a a society if you like that where that was the norm and where that was okay and normal that I actually started to feel much more comfortable in my skin for years people didn't realize that me and Soph were in a relationship on Girls in the Ball which seems wild because we literally go everywhere together like we're always together people just thought we were really great gal pals and um, what a surprise but for me actually seeing that in the like in the media that we consume within women's football in interviews or on social media I eventually became much more comfortable in my own skin you know I, I joke to you that like I didn't hold hands with my now wife for like the three quarters of our relationship I wasn't like a PDA kind of person and actually when you see people being happy being proud in their relationships and being open about it it makes you feel prouder and happier than you know and, and more comfortable to be open so thanks football and I think <laughs> I think it's brilliant that we can have like you know like almost in jokes within women's football, like their lesbian Stacey, that is like, that's ours. That's our joke. That's our, that's our thing. And that's our fun that we can have together. And it's like, we're all part of this little space and community where like, it's funny. It's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's free. And I think that's what, that's what I find so refreshing is like, yes, we have the power side where it's like, this is really important. This visibility is really important and it makes a massive difference to people's lives. And like the people I spoke to, for the piece that I did, like it literally changed their lives. Like teenagers who look at Rusha and and um and Katie and look at Christian Sam and like that literally saves their lives. And without them, they you know things could be very different. But also they're like the sheer fun of it all. Like that is 
that is so important for me to have that balance of not just being like, oh, these guys are great role models. Like, it's actually really funny to almost have this, this, I mean, so much is about internet culture, but this little space that we can all sort of exist in where we can all have a joke and a laugh and be really, and be really kind of accepting of ourselves in that same capacity. Women's football is in a perfect world. Um, There's certainly a lot more that could be done, I think, to make the situation even better. Like, Yes, there are still examples of homophobia within women's football that like all of us have probably experienced and you know, would like to see eradicated. But I, I think there, there's so much good stuff, but there's certainly ways that clubs as well and uh, could be l- pushing a little bit more. I mean, you spoke to Tash Harding recently, Rach, about this very thing, and she was quite sort of open about what she would like to see d- done. Yeah, she said, you know, obviously acknowledged all of the great things that are happening but that there's more to be done than just rainbow laces um yeah for me I still think you know we do an amazing job within this this community as women footballers and the fans and media I think we do a fantastic job I do think we still got a long way to go um you know not just celebrating rainbow laces you know and again for me if you look at it from celebrating an LGBTQIA plus community you're forgetting a few more colours in that in the rainbow laces for me. So I think again, there's another uh, more spaces to go. Um, what I for me is just about being yourself and not caring what other people think. But you know, I put a post out yesterday on social media and already got abuse from it already. Um, but I've also had counteract with that. I've had some nice messages. So um, it's an amusing, amazing community to be part of. Um, I think we could do more um, as a league. Um, but that'll, that'll, that'll come. The more players that we have that are willing to speak up and, and be themselves, I think that's easier then for the league to follow on with. Um, but it's just about making the next generation a lot easier to be themselves and, and, and celebrate who they are rather than go through the times that you know we were scared to, to talk about who we were. Um, so it's just giving those a, a, you know, someone to look at, really. The one thing I will say, you touched on the fact we've all kind of experienced maybe the negative side on social media and stuff which kind of elevates even more the fact that there are players out there who are willing to not only be open, which is amazing, but to actually use their platform to be vocal um, about LGBTQ plus advocacy, which I think is amazing because they're putting themselves out there. You know, I've experienced it where it's not women's football fans giving me abuse. It's someone following the hashtag who's sitting at home, some loser deciding to just troll people because they're homophobic. And when you are a player and you're putting yourself out there and using your massive platform to speak about these issues, you're also kind of putting yourself at risk of of getting this kind of abuse. So it shouldn't all be on players to have to do that. They should, and I'm sure they do feel supported about the clubs, but we should be seeing more from clubs and brands to to normalise this and to to not only have them carry the the brunt or the burden of, of speaking out, but, you know, the bigger clubs that maybe are a little bit more protected because it's a club handle as opposed to a personal handle yeah it's the same with pride isn't it every year it's like it shouldn't just be this month that everyone cares it shouldn't just be rainbow laces day or or all the content around it where everyone suddenly cares it should be a you know all year long round situation where people are you get to a point where it's it's part of the culture of the club and not up to individual players to be sort of banging that drum when you see uefa threatening to you know give Manuel Neuer a fine for wearing a rainbow armband, it really makes you realise there is a bloody long way to go. Mm. When someone considers that political, human rights as political, it just does my head in. So when you've got, sorry UEFA, but when you've got organisations like that doing stuff like that, it, it, it just makes you realise that, yeah, we're not quite there yet. 
But I think in terms of kind of, you know, a lot of the questions are sometimes asked about, you know, what more can the men's game be doing? Uh, you know, what can the men's game learn from the women's game? And and sometimes that becomes the focus of some of the kind of rainbow laces campaign, or it's a t- it's the you know the the WSL and the W and the championship clubs then jump onto the the rainbow laces campaign because obviously that's a Premier League campaign. And you know what I don't want to see is this kind of okay, well we'll just get involved in you know what the men are doing doing, um, because it sort of bolsters your LGBTQ plus um, status and that you're trying to do more and that's fantastic what the men's team are doing but actually what I'd like to see is is more focus on the women's football community um, you know celebrating the unique facet of the LGBTQ plus community in that community just itself Um, you know having our own campaigns having our own kind of and it's not just something that like you said happens in pride or it it doesn't just happen because the men's team are doing their Premier League um, you know Rainbow Laces campaign it's something that we do throughout the year and it's something there needs to be something unique that's just with the women's game I think because for too long now it's just been a case of okay we'll tag along to you know the the pride issues and the the pride um, things that the men's teams are doing so yeah I think more needs to be done for just just us because really we're leading the way when it comes to that. I think it's that we're so progressive. We're so we're at the forefront in this situation so much that it seems weird that we're sort of okay. We'll just wait and see what the men's team are doing, and then we'll mm. just sort of tag on to that. We should be leading the way. Yeah, we we certainly could be taking the lead a little bit more. Yeah, I I agree. Um, you know, and I think there also needs to be this kind of thing that you know, whilst we're massively um you know, represented on the LGBTQ plus sphere. I know when I was doing some kind of equality work, I was a quality officer for uh, Gold Diggers FC, um, sort of grassroots club in uh, based in Hackney. And, and what we were trying to do was actually sort of be more inclusive to uh, the straighter community because what we were finding is that actually we were only getting LGBTQ plus players coming to, uh, to speak to the club and to come to inquire about the club. But I suppose what you, want, you don't want to do is to make it just seem like, you know, women's football exclusive. is LGBTQ plus excu- exclusive because it's not. It's just, it's an, in- it's an inclusive space for, for but obviously everyone but I agree let's do something let's do something for us come on gals cool um I mean it's been brilliant to be able to to sit with you guys and, and chat about this and so grateful for people like Katie and Rusha and the way that they put themselves out there and the like for me it's just fun and I think that's what it comes down to like I think everyone should feel happy and joyful in their existence and we're at such a good place in women's football right now where I just feel like you see that in in like spades. You just see so much joy coming out of this sport and I just like want to bottle it up and sell it because it is so good. You're being adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can get some rainbow things. Going. Yeah. One thing I will say to the inevitable trolls who think that there's like a gay agenda or that we're ramming it down people's throats. What representation does and what this openness actually does, it is allows people to be themselves, to be comfortable in their skin, to be open and ultimately to be happy. So if you're somebody who wants to try and stifle that, like you can just get in the bin. Strong. Amen, sister. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's it for, for the year. That's it for our first sort of chunk of this podcast. It has been brilliant to to do this with you guys. It's It's been a, a new project for all of us. Um, have you guys done podcasts before? I've done like guest stuff but I've ne- never you're pros I've you're ne- absolute pros I've never done this before yeah so it's it's been so much fun to to start this with you guys and with the Ramble team as well we hope you've all enjoyed the first term I'd say I'll talk about school term yeah the first term of this show thank you so much everyone that's listened and sent us messages on Twitter as well um, we've had so much great feedback about the show and you know any thoughts and opinions please you know send them our way um, we want to talk about lots of different things and I think we've done that today with this show 
uh, and we'll definitely be doing it in the future with other things and have a brilliant new year have a brilliant festive season and we'll see you all in 2022 ring that bell because school is out Football Ramble Presents is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.